You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. I never get tired of that music. I love that intro, Ben. And hi, I'm Rick Franzi. You're listening to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And boy, do we have a great show planned for you. Why do you ask? Because Andre Hall, president of Hall Wealth Management, is our guest. Andre, welcome to the program. Rick, thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it. And I look forward to it. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. The first question I like to ask entrepreneurs is, what were you thinking about? No, I'm just kidding. My first question is, along those lines, what was the motivation or inspiration for you to start Hall Wealth Management? Well, it really started uh, some time ago when I was the vice president at Xerox Corporation. What happened at that point in time, I had, you know, a large company, a lot of employees that uh, reported in to me. People, unfortunately, either the employee themselves or a spouse would pass away. Mm-hmm. And everybody would be in a fall trying to figure out what next. And a lot of times people did come to me. Uh, I would uh, coach and guide them through the process. They always had a lot of worries and wondering what's next. What do they need to do? They Most of them did go to advisors. But unfortunately, what most of the advisors wanted to do, I hate to say it this way, was invest the money that they were they had or were getting from the death of that spouse. That's not what they were looking for and how to invest the money. They were really looking for all the next steps that they needed to do to make sure their family was okay, along with understanding from a financial standpoint that their whole family could survive. And I helped them through that process, through coaching, counseling. I did a lot of studying, a lot of work, uh, so that I could uh, make myself smarter in that area. And that's really how I started thinking about it, getting into it. And in the end, when I decided to leave Xerox and uh, the other company that I went with, I had a choice of staying in corporate America or um, leaving uh, corporate America and doing something on my own. I decided I was tired of all the traveling that I had to do. I had a 19-year-old that was an infant at the time. I said, this is what's for me. And I enjoy and love helping and working with people. And how long ago was that, Andre? Uh, This was in 2004. Okay. So you've seen at least two sort of bumps in the road, if you will, from an economy recession point of view. So you've got some time in the saddle and experience. I'm wondering how long after you launched your wealth management firm, did you and your gut truly believe this business was going to thrive? Well, what happened is I was uh, started with Ameriprise. Uh, left Ameriprise in 2007. So one year before 2000, not even a full year before (laughs) 2008. When 2008 hit, I started seeing something that was happening towards the end of 2008. And that was, I was getting a lot of referrals from, and these referrals were coming in from my clients to their, not just their friends and family, but just coworkers they were around. And it told me that I was doing the right thing with those folks, not just in minimizing uh, what uh, their 
their portfolios were doing, but at the same time, coaching and counseling them on how to stay invested, why to stay invested, and what their next steps should be based upon their risk tolerance. Mm. Yeah, that's an important asterisk to add to it, depending on their risk tolerance, because everyone is is slightly different in couples, maybe even within the the family have a different appetite for risk, which I'm sure you've encountered. But I, I'm wondering, in your wealth management practice, who do you help? What what problems are you solving? And how do people choose to work with you over others? Do you have a specific niche or area of focus for your practice? Well, you know, there's only so many niches you can have out there. And a lot of people are going to be in that niche, no matter how niche you make it. But the areas I really focus on are small business owners, corporate executives, and retirees. Those are the three. And the fourth one is uh, parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters with special needs, uh, someone that has a special needs, uh, um, I don't want to say opportunity, but they have special needs that they need to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, and why I'm so passionate about that, first of all, on the other areas, I have, because of my background, I, I'm a certified financial planner, charter retirement planning counselor, and I have all the series 24, 7, 66, 65, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a fiduciary. But more importantly, I've had the experience that most advisors don't have. And that is I've been in the corporate world. I understand how restricted stocks, stock options work personally because I had all of those myself. I understand how executive compensation is negotiated, negotiated because I've had to do the same things. So I've had the experience set along that most people don't have. And I have the experience set of being a small business owner. I didn't mention this to you before, but I also had a business on the side a coffee house that failed. <laughs> and that, that's comical. We don't have enough time to talk about that one. But that was something I had on the side. Uh -huh. And I just always wanted it. So I did it. It was one of those dumb things. Uh, but at the same time, I understand how things need to work and what you need to do when you're a small business owner to make sure that they're successful. But so I have experience set. I've experienced in all of these things, along with the educational background that really enables me to help the kind of people I'm working with, the small business owner, corporate exec, and then retirees. But more importantly, on the special needs, I have a son that has uh, special needs. I have um, my, my wife recently became the conservator of someone that's in their 60s that has special needs. The parents, both parents died within a year of each other. Mm -hmm. The mother was trying to get to an attorney to get a special needs trust done, but didn't have the time. Five days after those parents died, the, they, she has a brother and sister that were estranged from her parents, from the parents. And they called the police to have her put out of the house. 
This is a special needs person that they were going to put on the streets. Hmm. My wife got involved, became the conservator, prevented all of that from happening. And the thing is, if you don't do the right things when it comes to a special needs person, guess what? They lose their SSI. They lose their Medicare. All the dollars that they may get from an inheritance goes towards their upkeep and usually it's going to run out. It should supplement all the services that they can be provided for, but you got to do the right planning. And there's a huge number of, uh, of uh, uh, programs out there that can help someone that has special needs. And I have a lot of expertise in that area. And that's and because of my own personal situation, that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's really powerful, Andre, because for those parents out there who have children with special needs, the, the realization is that um, they're going to live past you and you're not going to be there to provide the care and look out for them. And you need to properly plan even more than if you don't have a child with special needs, you, you have children for their well-being well past when when you pass away. And so for, for you to be empathetic, understanding, and capable and competent to help them do that is really uh, a bonus that I could see in working with you and your wealth management firm. I, I'm really glad that you you shared that with us here today on the program. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, I, I can't help but share it because I personally am living it. And it's just I care and I'm passionate about that because I've seen so many times where people put off things getting things done. And yeah. so, and then things happen out of the blue. Yeah. And it's too late. And, and you know, this is a strange analogy. So I apologize for trying to make it, but in some ways, business owners treat their business as if there's always tomorrow to plan for when they're no longer in the business. You know, it's it, I work with small business, middle market CEOs myself and having the conversation about, what happens if you're no longer there to run the business can be can feel like to them a waste of time because they've always been and they kind of think like, well, I'm going to always be. And unfortunately, many times business owners leave their business not of their own choice. Illness, death, something takes them out, bankruptcies. So working with them as well to make the important urgent so they make the proper plans today is really valuable. And I assume that's part of what you're doing with them as well. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, if you don't plan five to 10 years in advance as a <laughs> business owner as to when you're going to no longer be a part of the business, uh, you're not going to get the maximum value for that business. you got to at least do five years, preferably 10. So Many times, it's been my experience when business owners here five to 10, they're like, oh, that's a lifetime. How do I know it's going to happen in five to 10 years? And sometimes when I talk to business owners, I say, well, you're going to exit the business. Yeah, well, maybe three to five years. It's like three to five years feels like it's close enough that it could happen, but it's far enough away. They don't really have to do anything yet about it, which in my experience is incorrect. They need to do things well in advance of when you're ready to sell. It's like your house. You, you know. You, you shouldn't wait until you uh, are going to sell the house to fix those doors that stick and maybe get the thing painted and do some upgrades. You know, 
live in a house that could be sellable at any time. That's my approach to business to live in a business that could be sold tomorrow if you needed to for some reason. Well, and the real key, what you just said, Rick, is that they're not going to get the maximum value for that business. Right. Just like you don't get the maximum value for your home if you haven't done the right things in advance. <laughs> and when you do it at the last minute, we all know I do things at the last minute too. We all do. But when you do things like that at the last minute, guess what? It doesn't work out well. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah. You've robbed yourself of time to do it right. Yep. Many times. And then it costs more sometimes as well. You know, you you come from this corporate world where you're a big dog and you got people all over you probably your calendar was their calendar and you probably had to fight for peace and quiet just to get a little bit of white space in your calendar and then you become uh an entrepreneur i'm wondering did you ever feel alone or a little bit lonely in the early days when there weren't all these people clamoring for a piece of your time and 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 how did you deal with that in the early days of being an entrepreneur it was blissful, <laughs> but at the same time, you said it. Uh, I um, I never really had any problems with no longer having all of these people around me, walking to the office, trying to get appointments, etc. cetera. Uh, it was really nice in the sense that I could focus on the things that I personally felt were important not the things that the CEO felt were important, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, when the budgets are cut 20% after the uh, start of the year and you spend three months planning for the, that start of the year and all of a sudden two months into it, you got to revamp everything. No, I don't. I didn't miss that. So I didn't feel lonely or whatever. And I also had a network of friends and uh, other business executives that I would talk to and uh, interact with. So I could always pick up the phone. There was a group uh, that I would meet with uh, once every uh, three or four months, and we will talk through things, things that were going on. So I always had someone uh, to bounce things off of. So that's very important for any small business owner. You gotta have, no one has all the answers. I wish I had all the answers. If I had all the answers, Warren Buffett would be calling me to run a direction. <laughs> uh, but he hasn't called. So yes. I know I don't have all the answers. All right. That's good perspective. I agree. We can learn a lot from our peers if we put ourselves in those positions and we're open to hearing what they have to say. Speaking of learning from peers and others, I wonder, in your storied career, was there one piece of advice or business insight that you were given that you would like to share with the audience today because it was impactful for you? Well, you know what? There were a couple of things. Um, one of the things that came from this group was, you know, there's going to be a lot of things out there you can do. You say you're going to plan, you're going to build these marketing plans, you're going to be build these business, overall business plans, and underneath them, you're going to build the marketing plans and et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have all these action items. And guess what? They're, you're a small business owner now, Andre. They're going to go to pot. All that <laughs> stuff you used to do with several thousand people, you're not going to be able to do anymore. So you got to make sure you focus on the important one or two things. Okay, maybe three things. But it is a defined few things that you got to focus on. And I keep coming back to one thing uh, that 
there was a sign that we had in our office at Xerox when I first started. And I shouldn't say when I first started, when I first became a, a manager, a sales manager, uh, several years after I started. And it was failure to plan is planning to fail. Mm -hmm. And that has not changed. And so it is very important to focus on the vital few. And it is the plan uh, what that focus is going to be on those vital few. So that's what I would say that has been important for me. Well, I think that's that's timeless advice, frankly, because being an entrepreneur myself who used to have a staff, I had to learn that early that, and I carry it through to today. Uh, I set my to-do list, prioritize it, but make sure that it feels like a list that I can accomplish in the time given. Because there is a tendency to put more things on there than you can ever. Um, Marshall Goldsmith talks about that being the planner bias versus the doer bias. You can plan all these things, but when you get to do it, there's the reality of what's going on in your life at that time that may make you less than totally productive. So thank you, Andre. I appreciate that. Let's bring it back to your wealth management firm. Let's talk about tomorrow. Describe for us the vision that you have for the future of your firm. Well, the future really is around ensuring that the groups that and niches that we're focused on, we become, quite frankly, we got to continuously improve. Okay, you cannot stay where you are. So I know the focus are on the three plus the fourth niche, which is the special needs. That's that's not a big piece of my business per se but one of the most important pieces of my business. But I got to make sure I focus my resources and my training because I'm continuously learning and ensure that as I build out the business, continuously build out the business, that I have those four areas in mind. And I have a, uh, an advisor now that has decided she wanted she wants to focus on two other areas and she's going to lead that charge and that is on women and uh um all facets of uh being a woman out there that needs to understand uh what they're doing in regards to not just investing money but how to manage the overall uh process so that you don't just invest the money but you keep the money, but you also um, ensure that you have positioned it in a way that when you're no longer here, that it goes the way you want it to go. And it's not just an estate, uh, a living trust. It is really planning through how do you want things to happen? What do you want to happen? And so she's going to be focusing on women and college planning. And so that is um, uh, where I see my firm going. And we're just going to continuously getting better in those uh, other four areas. That's excellent. Uh, great to hear you're expanding your service offering. I wonder if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn or look you up online. What are the, What's your LinkedIn profile and how do they find you online, my friend? Okay, well, LinkedIn, they're just gonna go to LinkedIn, Andre Hall, A-N-D-R-E-I. Don't forget the I, okay? 
so A-N-D-R-E-I, Hall, H-A-L-L. On YouTube, YouTube at Hall Wealth. Hmm. On Facebook, it's Hall Wealth. My phone number is 949-222-6401. And my email is Andre again, A-N-D-R-E-I dot Hall at L-P-L, Larry Papa Larry dot com. And my uh, website is hwmg-lpl.com. And just one other thing, uh, if anybody wants to get together for coffee, shoot me a message and we'll get together. I uh, appreciate you being so thorough in the ways that people can reach out to you, Andre. I think that'll make it much easier. And, and thanks for giving a part of your day to our audience and to me and sharing your entrepreneurial journey. I've enjoyed it. So have I. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I'd like to thank our audience. You're part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Andre's uh, episode was episode number 1,416 in our catalog of entrepreneurial uh, interviews. If you're an entrepreneur here in Orange County and you have a story to tell, if you'd like to tell it on our platform, then reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Rick. R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. My website is the same thing, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.